Hey listeners, how are you? What's been happening? Have you been good this week? Look, I've been pretty good. How have you been enjoying the games? It is ridiculous the last two weeks. I don't know how any of you are keeping up. I for sure am not. But look, look, you know, it's not about me, is it, listeners? It's not. It's really not. It's about our guest today. Now, Look, this is episode 72. This man has been requested many times since I've been doing this. I, unfortunately, was not around when he sort of started his early content. In fact, doing some research recently, I didn't realise just how long he has been around. He must be almost as old as me, shockingly. But uh, but anyway, we're going to focus more on his new direction because I think he's changed a bit. But maybe we'll, we'll talk about that first. But look, I'm still going to stick with this intro that I wrote because this is the... Oh, I almost said his name there, listeners. This is the dude that I want to see. This is the dude that I want to speak to. So, of course, I am referring to the man that has zero fucks to give, and he gave them. He's cut down trophy hunters with the precision of a Soulsborne veteran. He's the voice of a disgruntled, angry generation of spam hunters in denial, a champion of completionists from the 57% perch. Don't expect a participation award from him with your 90% bling. A man of game series, he never fires one shot, but always empties his python. He seems to hate trophy hunters almost as much as he hates himself. He is more than a man. He is an experience, playing under the handle CMH777. The one and only, the Carlos House experience. How are you today, sir? Uh, massive. <laughs> well, that was a massive introduction. You should, you should definitely be. Now, you, you do have this, like, infamy within the trophy hunting community. Why is that? Well, I mean, I've been around for a while. Like, 2013 is when I first started YouTube. So, because I was one of the first, I guess, in terms of somebody who makes content around trophies, whether it be guides or list videos or whatever, I kind of have that long-term cemented mentally disabled fan base. <laughs> they do love you, though. I mean, you know, you've you've definitely found a found a niche, uh, a niche grouping. What I loved looking back in the the annals of your your repertoire, and I I'd stumbled on 2013, I believe it was a podcast you did. I think it was a short-lived podcast, perhaps maybe your first one at the time with uh, two of your two of your mates there or whatever. And they they asked you to describe your channel, and you were brutally honest. It was wonderful. You said it was just a copy of Achievement Hunter. And, and I thought, you know, this, this is a guy that's got something to say. <laughs> but have, have you changed? Like, you've been around a long time. Have you changed since then, your content, your, your outlook? Uh, hmm. I wouldn't say dramatically, but I guess I have definitely evolved uh, to, to some extent with my content. Uh, I used to not be so abrasive. <laughs> I, I was definitely more, I, I wouldn't say family friendly, but nice. Mm. And I think it was because I was still young. I still enjoyed wasting my time boosting multiplayer trophies. So I kind of enjoyed the trophy community. And I guess that doesn't exist anymore. So. I, th I think that's the, would sum up 
in terms of how I've changed. Yes, yeah, look, I like that. I like that. It's forever positive. I was definitely right about the self-hate with you, which I, look, I, I love to embrace, and we're going to get back to that if we can. But why don't you, I don't know anything about your gaming background. Now, I, I get a feeling you were an Xbox player at one stage. Am I off the mark there, or? <laughs> uh, for two months, yeah. Oh, is that all? Oh, that's tragic. So, so you're, you're, a, you're a PS gamer. What's your, what's your sort of history with gaming, if you'd like to share with our audience? Well, I've been, I've been gaming my whole life uh had you know a ps1 with gran turismo and crash and spyro and had an n64 with dk64 without the rumble pack so i could never actually play the game but really i i spent most of my time on ps2 until you know i eventually got a ps3 so i've really been gaming so long to where Sometimes I have to catch myself. I get a bit of boomer mentality when I look at like newer stuff in games. Uh, like, yeah. like, oh man, look, look at all this hand holding and and all this uh, uh, DLC and and stuff. Oh, you know, back in my day, we we only got four hours of content in our game, and we liked it. Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> it, it 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 has it has moved forward definitely. Now we'll, we'll touch on your your sort of favorite games and all that. But, but I'd like to know the, the history, if you're willing to share, about your name. Now, I know the 777 from listening to you is random numbers, apparently, that mean nothing. Is that correct? Uh, it's just seven. Oh, it's just seven now. <laughs> it, it's seven. <laughs> yeah, I like that. You know, you know, you're like the evolution. You're like, you're like Prince you're the, the form in the making, perhaps. You're going to be a symbol. You'll just be seven in the future. That's how people will refer to you. I, I like that. And, of course, the, the CMH, do you want to elaborate or not? It's my initials. Oh, okay, that's cool. That, that's that's pretty pretty straightforward. Now, what about the series? Now, I did hear you recently speaking on Unknown's podcast. Of course, listeners, that's a it's a wonderful new project that Mister Unknown has has taken on, where he's uh he's exper- Well, what is he doing? Look, I don't even know, listeners. He's it's it's more structured than this show. Clearly, he's is investigating the reasons why we hunt. Now, Carlos, that's a fascinating question, which doesn't interest me because you know I play because I want to play. That is enough of a reason, I think. But, you know, it's, it's an interesting question, I suppose, for people that, you know, are trying to find their way in gaming. And you seem quite grounded with where you are. So I'd like to ask you, what are your, your sort of favorite genre of games to play? What, what do you enjoy playing? Uh, man, what, what was my favorite genre? Hmm. I would have to say of recent big anime titties. You know, just full on like hentai games. Look, I'd agree. Now, you you open a dangerous door here because I play those sort of games. So, could you name some? Uh, you got Senran, Kagura. Mm. Mm. Uh, Near Automata fits in that a bit. You know, you got some ass. Yes, yes. yes. The fa- fabulous upskirt trophy, of course. You know, you, you, Yakuza will, will scratch that itch a bit. Yes, it definitely will. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's sort of the mainstream Japanese, you know. I mean, this, you can go so much further. I know, looking at your profile, you're not really a visual novel man. So, so you're, you're perhaps not used to, you know, the octopus action and things like this uh, between cousins and siblings that, that can occur in these titles. But, look, that's a wonderful world for you to, to explore. Now, the other thing that I noticed you, you have no qualms about in your trophy rows is, is a series. You're a bit of a series man. Is that, is that correct? Why? Uh, I don't know. I've always been fascinated with the idea of 
you know, having every Call of Duty game platinumed, every Need for Speed, every Battlefield, you know, because getting a whole series done can not only show, like, your fandom and support for, like, a favorite series, but Mm. it also is usually a bit of an accomplishment because there's a lot of games, it's a lot of time spent. I just think it looks really nice on a trophy list. It's really the gist of it. Yeah, yeah. Although not not all series are equal, I suppose, because I see you you have turned Rage Two here, but I noticed in a recent video you you put a bit of a disclaimer, a bit of a warning that that may not be the uh <laughs> the best use of one's time. Uh, it's not a best use of one's time, brain cells, money, I, I, just anything. Yeah, it was it was a really a disappointment, wasn't it? I think <laughs> I think that game. But more than a disappointment, that game haunts me still. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you did a good job of it getting through it. I don't blame you for not going for that DLC, uh, <laughs> possibly at, at some point. But look, I'm not here to roast you, Carlos. Uh, we're here to we're here to find out about you, I suppose. Now, you did you did do a lot of trophy roasts and stuff. You are well known for that, uh, especially in some of my listenership. What draws you to to doing that sort of thing on another person? Well, I want to say it started in 2016 Mm. might have been 2017 i'm not entirely sure but i used to do more live streams on youtube back then where i would just sort of go crazy you know talk with chat make a bunch of jokes and just for some reason i guess i was looking at people's trophy list like somebody asked me to look at their trophy list and i looked at it and I just tore it apart. And then I just started doing more. And then, you know, it just eventually turned into a thing I did. Yeah. Yeah. Do you enjoy it? Absolutely not. <laughs> Why do you say that? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I enjoy it a bit. But yeah. people, people would want me to do that every week if I was yes. willing to. And I just, I can't. Yeah, <laughs> I can I can understand. I love now too, and your you, I see you've recently started up again. You put some lovely music underneath as well. It's wonderful. It really it's like, it's like an old style radio show. I like it. Now I want to ask though, and I'm sure you've been around the trophy hunting community and the gaming community a lot longer than me. And I know we're having a bit of fun here, as you can tell, listeners. This is a this is you know I think we're feeling each other out perhaps here or something. But this is a you know this is a serious question though. In this part is that there is a lot of you know, struggling people in gaming. One of the things that I've noticed, I mean, I've noticed in the last five years, but particularly in the last two years or so of doing a podcast is just how gaming is really a salvation for many people, which is fantastic. You know, it's a, it's a break from reality and, and for some pretty difficult lives. And when you do a trophy roast, now I understand people are volunteering for it. You're not just picking random, you know, people off the street, but is that ever in the back of your mind that some of these people are, you know, you know, perhaps less stable or whatever else, does that censor your tongue at all in your roasts? Uh, no. I. In the past, I had a couple people get mad with the final rating I gave them. Mm. It's like, oh, I gave them a 4 out of 10, and they think they deserve, like, a 7 out of 10. And it's like, okay. Uh, It's just my opinion, man. (laughs) (laughs) You seem like a chill dude. I almost feel like you're saying, well, look, why don't we just change it? What would you like? You know? 
Yeah. <laughs> it comes back to that no fucks given approach, uh, which I, you I, know, I, I endorse. <laughs> I guess the only way I kind of, you know, I do, I do realize that I don't just want to insult people. Yeah. You know, I try to pick out things when I'm reviewing somebody's list where, uh, like, oh, I like that game, or I think that game's unique, or that's cool, or like a certain series. And usually, at the end of it, I'll try to give some recommendations if I do give them a lower rating, like, hey, focus on some of your backlog or play some of these games and and your and your rating will go up. Yeah, no, I, I see that. I mean, uh, the we've had uh, on before on the show Lawless Llama, who does, I mean, they're not trophy roasts, they're trophy reviews, I suppose, which, you know, is, is doing the same thing, providing, you know, some critique or whatever without the without the humor, I suppose, in it as well, that you, you're so, you know, uh, so wonderful at putting on over the top. But it's an interesting series for me because I did a couple when I started out. And of course, I'm used to, you know, Joan Rivers, you know, really on the edge comedy or whatever else, or, you know, a roast. So, uh, and part of it too, and I know again it's different from what you're doing and what Lama's doing, but I've only done a couple because I really need to know the person behind it. And so, I mean, you know, I know the games they've played, I understand what they're doing, but I find that humor is far more centered around that person. But of course, when you get to know the person, you also get to know their boundaries and how far they're willing to push. Because I think one of the great things about being a YouTube content creator is that there are no boundaries, you can just put anything out there. I don't know. I don't know if you feel that or not. And therefore, when you're creating content, it's really up to you to decide, you know, how far you're going to push or not push. I, I definitely do set boundaries in terms of what content I put out. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there are many of opinions that, that 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 I would share on a live stream that I would never make a video about, uh, just knowing how much hate I, I would get from it. Uh, like the, the video I uploaded today about trophy exploits, mm. that's even that that's probably a good example of treading the line in terms of what opinions I would want to make a video about. Cause that video is kind of calling out a lot of people. Like not not directly, but just in general. Of people who put trophies over the game itself. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's touch on this if we can, this this new video, because one of the things that I noticed, and admittedly, as I said, look, the la the only time I've come come up against your content until this last week when I started doing some research was you mediated. Now, this may have been a year or two ago, a bit of a, a, a live discussion on YouTube between Rough Dog, unknown himself, and Sly, who I believe was in the chat at the time. Oh. And it, look, I don't want to get into yeah. that because, you know, there's a negativity and everything else. But <laughs> but even at that point, I thought you're, you're very, you know, you're, you're very calm <laughs> because, you know, there's a lot of opinions mm -hmm. there, which we're not going to touch or whatever. And, and you are. But you know, I was sort of expecting maybe along those lines and your last two videos in particular, and I'm glad you brought them up. We can start with the newest one, if you like. They're, they're definitely not what I was expecting. Now, you say there that, you know, that that's on the line and, and whatever else. But see, I find that alarming because, it, and listeners, if you haven't seen it, I highly, highly uh, suggest you check out Carlos's channel and go and see it. It's only a 10 minute video. It's set to fall, guys. And you're talking about uh, you know, you're talking about exploits in effect and playing the game versus, you know, the game playing you for trophies and stuff like that. And and that that saddens me that it is, you feel that it's on the line. And I believe you, I'm sure it probably is. You know, the people have a problem with that. But it's interesting that the community has moved that direction that far, don't you think? Yeah, and, that, and that's really was a main point of the video of, you know, like every game that comes out, I just see people trying to avoid 
playing the game. Yeah. <laughs> it's when you say it like that, it's just mystifying, isn't it? Don't you think? It's it's got to sound incredibly strange to people who don't trophy and achievement hunt. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's not only, I know you use Fall Guys as a reference, but I mean, there was Cuphead recently. There's been there's been many other games. And look, look, I tread the line very carefully here because I'm definitely a spam hunter, you know. If there's something below 90% on my list, it's a mistake, obviously. And, you know, so I, look, I'm a fan of the easy game and, you know, I'll use exploits here and there. But but this championing of this cause is is always interesting to me. And I wonder, Carlos, does it come back to you think that Trophy hunters always feel they have to play everything, you know, well, what do we say? Like, uh, to acquire many platinums, not all trophy hunters. So I should be careful here, but trophy hunters may be focused on padding their scores. They're trying to play everything. Do you think it's a time thing that they just, you know, by using manipulation, it's just saving them time so they can move on to the next experience where they can do it again? Well, I feel like they're hiding behind the explanation that it's time, but in reality, mm. the time they spend, it's a joke I make all the time, the, the time they spend making forms and stuff complaining about it, if they actually sat down and played the game, they would have had it done by now. So it's more so effort. They don't want to put in the effort. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good point. And one of the things that I found interesting, I don't know if you want to comment on this or not, it's totally fine if you don't, but, you know, this is also then tied up with using guides. Now, some games lend themselves more. Obviously, four guys, is, is, you know, there is a high degree of skill in there. A guide's not going to get you the trophies, you know, in that you're going to have to do it yourself. But there are many games now where you can, you can follow guides. And it's mystified me for a long time that people do this and they have no concept of what the game was even about. I just, I don't know how you feel about that. But I see, for me, that that's going far more than where you went in your video. I think that's where we're currently at. I don't, I don't know. How do you feel about that sort of thing? In terms of using guides? Well, using guides like walkthroughs to the point where you don't even know what's going on anymore. I mean, it harks back to, you know, you made a point in your video there, which I thought was interesting that, you know, you can tell that it's not even fun for these people anymore to play like this, yet it, they're trapped on the wheel and continue to do so. Well, I know, I, I know people personally in the community who really, they... They, they try to get fastest achiever for, for the Platinum. So they're, they're really mm. studying guides and talking to people, being like, how can I do this faster? How can I optimize this? Like, I'm always one where, when I'm going for the, a Platinum in a game, I, I usually reference a guide just to get an idea on terms of, is there something missable? You know, because you you don't want to miss something to have to do have to do a whole nother playthrough but hmm. i definitely am not one that likes to go around and use a guide for everything and and have a guide dictate how much time i'm going to spend on the game uh whether or not i play the game and just how they there 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 are discord servers that i have been in that there is multi-day long discussions about people talking about a single trophy in terms of how to go for it before they have even played the game yes <laughs> it's 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 mystifying isn't it? 
Do you think we're at the point now? I mean, this may be cynical, you know, but I'm not a young man, so I'm allowed to be cynical and jaded. Do you think we're at the point now where many of these, you know, and no names, of course, but many of this style of trophy hunter would just be happier to give Sony the money, receive the trophies, and not have to bother with the gaming experience at all? Well, I have been paid by people to get trophies for them. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it always always surprises me. We won't look. We won't go down that line because I didn't I didn't prep you on that 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 direction. But before we touch your other video, one of the things you say in a lot of your content is you know you're you're a trophy hunter and you hunt. We all hunt in our own ways, you know, and, and you hunt in your way. So so what is your way? Maximum pain. <laughs> yeah. So so you deliberately handicap yourself. Is that is that the goal going in? <laughs> Well, let me put it this way. Earlier this year, I decided to get the Gran Turismo Sport Platinum. Mm. This is a 250-hour Platinum minimum. Mm-hmm. I did it in two weeks. That's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you, do you, like, I noticed, like, I, I didn't look too uh, thoroughly through your profile yet. I'm scrolling through now. But I noticed you mentioned racing games a lot. So why did you choose that one? Is it just because it was so, you know, ultra rare, so long, so challenging? I mean, do, do you have a, an affection for that series or? I love Gran Turismo. Yeah. I grew up playing it. I've 100%ed every Gran Turismo game. Uh I just love the series, and I can't wait for Gran Turismo Seven. Yeah, yeah, no, it looks good. Did you did you enjoy sport? How would you rate it against the others? I know it had a bit of a you know critical around the place <laughs> views. Uh, it, it's it's definitely not a main series Gran Turismo game. Hmm. Uh, it is definitely one of the best racing games I've ever played in terms of physics and fun. Uh, a lot of the trophies were oriented around doing online races and or should I say winning online races and Gran Turismo being a very competitive simulator based racing game uh the online does get very challenging you are being put up against some pretty tough people mm. so I I very thoroughly enjoyed the online quite a bit uh I really feel like if you if you do enjoy playing Gran Turismo, Gran Turismo Sport is definitely a game worth playing. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting point. I, I, I by no means make light of that game or that platinum because I know it's also it's highly skill based as well. But I mean, in the racing genre, I know you've I know you've I can see here you've also done the Burnout Paradise stacks as well. So you know, well, you're well versed <laughs> in in all sorts of racing here. But one of the things that I'm most interested in playing a lot of racing games across uh, rally circuit, you know, off street, is the push to more arcadey races. And our Xbox is definitely leading the way there with their Forza Horizon. But you know, PlayStation is trying to is trying to cope. And I mean, we see the latest installment, which I, I gather you're probably not a fan of, the Project Cars Three. Which is, is moving further and further to this arcadey, you know. I have a vendetta against those developers. Oh, tell me, <laughs> please. Share, share. These developers are a bunch of scammers. Yes. <laughs> Did you get burnt by them? <laughs> well, I, I supported these developers it's ever since they made Need for Speed Shift 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. See, people don't realize they made those games. Mm-hmm. And then they came out with Project Cars, which I backed their Kickstarter for. Mm-hmm. 
the game came out terrible game, awful game, incredibly horrend- horrendous. And the trophy side, there's there's a long tail on the trophy side for that for that game. Yes. And then Project Cars Two, they asked for more crowdfunding for, just to go bankrupt. Mm. I that 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 developer is disgusting. Yeah, look, look. I having played a fair bit of Project Cars Three now. I may, I may be in line uh, to agree with you here because it's a, it's, it's an interesting series. They're definitely moving to more mainstream or whatever, but there, there are massive technical flaws in that game. I'm not talking about the trophies, although I know there are glitch trophies, but just in the, the graphics as well, there's flaws in the gameplay itself. I mean, the general career progression and the, the money, which is all tied up in that, is off center as well and glitch. But you know, it is, it is what it is or whatever. I'm not. You're never going to convince me that that PlayStation has a decent racing game against Forza at this stage. But you know, that may change, Carlos, mm-hmm. coming into the. Wait, Five. What? Oh, you you, well, you want to you, you want to pick up? Please, please. <laughs> oh, hold on. Gran Turismo, even Sport, it is better than any Forza game. Oh, well, all right, hold. On. Forza Horizon <laughs> is fantastic. I I, I will agree one hundred percent. Forza Horizon is awesome. I've played two, three, and four. They're great. The main series Forza is some of the hottest garbage I've ever played. <laughs> Are you telling me, Carlos, you're not a fan of microtransactions that, that riddled Forza 7? Is that, does that not appeal to you? I'm not a fan of <laughs> Forza 5 through 7. I think they should all be erased from history. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> look, <laughs> look I, I'm just teasing you. I'm more of the arcade player as well. But it, look, it's interesting. It's interesting. I think it's tied up in the machine as well. But it's interesting. I didn't realize you were you're such a, a big racing fan. Now, can we touch on your your other video here that you recently released as well, which I watched, which I thought was interesting. You're, this will surely gain a lot of resonance within the community uh, on broken platinums. I mean, we are seeing this more and more. It obviously frustrates you as well. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, you made this interesting point, which I find I find amusing, although it is definitely true, is that you you refer to indie game devs that are releasing lists that are broken. And you know, I play a lot of indie games, so I have to con- concur with you. That is that is true. But you you made this point, which I've never considered, and I've spoken to devs before, so I understand. You know, they do make their trophy lists. Very few of them outsource that, so you know they have a stab at it although it's usually in the lower levels of many developers minds and interests you know it's probably the last thing on many of their minds but you you do make the point in your video that they put the trophies in therefore hopefully there was some sort of QA and they tested them to work so how the hell does the game even release and that's mystifying there with with broken trophies that is mystifying as well isn't it yeah it well that, that that's what's so frustrating to me hmm. about it is especially what the the one game that really pushed me over the edge to make that video was uh, an indie game called Windbound, which mm. I believe I mentioned in the video. Yes, it's got trophies to finish the game in six different ways, mm. and for a week nobody earned the trophies, even though there there was like a dedicated group of ten to twenty people trying to do it. Mm. So you put so so obviously some some thought whether it was you know just fun making up you know whatever playthroughs some thought went into that Mm. and you didn't even care to make sure that people 
who did it would get properly rewarded. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I totally agree with you. And the funny thing about that is that I don't, like, I tend to buy a lot of games and I don't necessarily worry about reviews. I usually just jump in and deal with the shit show later on if, if it so happens. But one of the things watching your video, you made the point that, you know, indie devs more than anything need money. Like every day on Twitter, I see more going to the wall or they're doing it tough or whatever else. And, you know, I, I was going to pick up that Windbound game. I believe that I had in my card. And after watching your video and re- then realizing the trophy list was broken, and look, I played games you know, without trophies across other systems. So it's not a huge seller for me. It was enough of a seller for me to pull it out of my cart and, and not buy it. Because, I mean, you know, it's a three-quarter price game as well. It's not, it's not you know, your typical $10 indie game or whatever. So I think, I think your point is valid. And if I, you know, if trophies are perhaps secondary at times to me, they're very much in the forefront of many gamers, particularly in this community. So it, it's, a, it's a wonderful point that they continue to release them like this. I don't know what the solution is. Maybe boycott the game. <laughs> well, I don't know about boycotting. I, I just wish the developers would just, especially on the indie side, mm. um, because that's that's their bread and butter, their 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 game. Mm. They they have nothing to fall back on. You know, a big AAA game. You know, the developers still get paid, no matter how the game does. Mm. But the indie devs, if that game doesn't do well, they 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 might not ever make a game again. Mm-hmm. So, if if you're gonna put, I just would say, well, well, a good example is they they lost a sale from me. You watched my video, found out the platinum was broken. They lost a sale from you. That's two sales. Mm-hmm. Now, may I pick it up at some point if the game goes on sale? Sure, but. They lost those two like day one sales because they didn't put what I would consider a weekend's worth of work into making sure the trophies worked. Yes. Yeah. I, th- I think it's a good point. And I mean, you know, we're both, you know, our ground, our ears to the ground or whatever. We know what's going on. We know where to look to see if the trophies are broken or not. And, you know, listeners will be like, well, you know, the average game is not going to know that. They're just going to buy it. And, to that, I say, well, that, of course, is true. But as we heard with Carlos's Project Cars story, the average gamer might buy from a studio once, but they'll never buy twice if it doesn't work out for them. And, and I think that's, I see that more and more in indie developers that they're, they, you know, admittedly, they're building and they're growing, but their first project is incredibly dicey. And then they're surprised that they don't get the love down the track. So there's, it's, you know, the memories are very good with gamers, I think, Carlos. Oh, definitely. Like, I, I didn't buy Project Cars 2 or 3. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like that. <laughs> well, I won't bore you with any more about 3, I can, I can tell you now. But <clears throat> look, now the other thing I love, now this came out of one of your roasts, I believe, recently, but it's an interesting point. You know, you're a, you're a fan of the harder game, I think it's fair to say. And <clears throat> I don't know that you're a fan of the site, that one of the sites that tracks these uh, percentages, but you'll you'll have to bear with me here because this is... This is all I've got to work with at this point. And you, you make a wonderful point about how the difference in rarity of trophies between PSN profiles and the PSN rarity. And you don't, you know, you're a purist, Carlos. Of course, you're a purist. You don't want your numbers to be diluted by the likes of Greg Miller on the general PlayStation network. So, you know, I, I again, I don't know if you're in jest here with this like for ultra rares, but, you know, you said you like to make games challenging for yourself. Do you almost seek out these sort of games? then uh 
I don't know if I really. I don't know. It's that's kind of. It's weird because I feel like my my interest in terms of you know games that interest me generally just tend to be harder games. So I don't know if I necessarily go out of my way to look for difficult uh, games or difficult platinums. I generally just play what whatever interests me and. Sometimes I even make the game harder for myself, uh, just for the added challenge. Yeah, it's, it's almost like you you play the game for the game, and then you know whatever is around it is around it. It's it's refreshing, <laughs> maybe what it should be for for all of us. I feel now you you've already touched on that you're not a big fan of multiplayer grinding trophies anymore. Uh, now that you've reached your know, mature age status, I suppose. Uh, you 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 did it in such wonderful words, though. I forget which game you were referring to here. Perhaps you'll refresh my memory. It was from a recent video of you yours, where you basically referred to it as gathering a group of people around in a circle jerk for three hundred hours to get your notifications, <laughs> which I think is a beautiful way of describing it. <laughs> It's a lovely turn of phrase. Uh, so, so you you know, what has turned you off the long multiplayer grind? Uh, well, I enjoy a, a good multiplayer game if I can actually play the game. What gets me is multiplayer boosting, you know, for for trophies. Uh, like like I know I know in a regular gaming sense, when you say multiplayer and boosting, it's looked at as a negative thing, but in trophy and achievements, you boost to earn the trophies and you generally do it in a way where it doesn't affect anybody else because we we refer to people who actually play the game for fun as randoms we don't like those people <laughs> see they're cluttering up the percentages that's right <laughs> so for, for for me back in the day i might spend two months getting 12 people together every afternoon to do crisis two on the PS three. And we can line up to, to get, to get our head blown off by one guy every, for every 15 minutes. When you say it like that, like, look, I'm not, you know, I'm not a fan of the multiplayer game, but that's because I have no skills, Carlos. So, you know, as you can understand, these multiplayer games are no good if you have no natural ability. You're just the fodder, which is fun. You know, it's always fun to be shot in the first three seconds as you respawn, but it does grow tiring, you know, after the 50th time. So, So I tend to avoid them, but but I suppose early on I was mixed with some pretty hardcore trophy hunters, and I think you've probably done this game, perhaps uh, the the Star Wars uh, game, the yeah Star Wars game or whatever on the oh, PS4, the first one, Battlefront. Yes, yeah, yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah I've done I don't both know. Of them. Yeah, like it's a, it's a good game to play for fun, but I think the trophies are pretty, you know, excessive. And there was a trophy there. I don't know if you did this, perhaps not because you're a skilled gamer, but there was a trophy there to reach level 100. And of course, this is before, you know, your bonus XP weekends, you know, 10 times, 50 times, 100 times, whatever they're doing now to, um, you know, boost people up. Uh, this is when you had to do it just, you know, as, as it comes or whatever. And the, the method involved, now I'm a little bit weak on this, perhaps you've heard of this disgusting practice of following this droid around i think it was and touching it or pushing it oh yeah you like playing droid run for 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 yes. 30 minutes capturing the yes. droid back and forth hold down the square button yep mm -hmm. uh oh i did that 
Yeah, many hours, many hours. And at the time, you're, you're laughing now. It's disturbing for both of us, I know. Listeners you know, listeners are now thinking, Jesus Christ, how much time do these guys have? But, you know, in the, in the at the time, even then, I was like, this is really insane to be doing something like this. But they all wanted the trophy. And, you know, I was I was a sheep back then, Carlos, a trophy sheep. You know, I hadn't found my way. So I, I, I conformed to the, the trophy hunting mentality and did this. But even then, I was like, this is fucked up. And uh, since then, I've never done that. So I, un- I understand that but there i think for me that was the point but was there a point like that for you where you just went what was it the crisis one maybe where you just went no this is just too much well i don't think there was a breaking point with a certain game it's just to to put to put yourself in my shoes so you 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 experience the droid run xp Hmm. now imagine doing that for 50 to 70 different games And that, and then you're where I'm at, and you could imagine the brain rot that I have from doing that over the years. <laughs> There's got to be some positive in there. I can't see it. Maybe you know, commitment to the uh, cause or something. But <laughs> well, you know, you get a platinum at the end of the day if that, if that's, that's right. enough for you. <laughs> That's right. The notifications. It's a wonderful <laughs> turn of phrase. So, <laughs> look, you know, I, I like that. So look, let, let's come back to, to something I saw you do just recently, which, which I really liked. I, um, I played this last campfire by Hello Games the other week and we did a review of it or whatever. It is, it's an indie game. Of course, it's you know, a little bit of notoriety because it it's, comes from a couple of the guys from, uh, that game we don't talk about anymore. Thanks, Sony. Uh, although I understand that game is much better now, so perhaps we should talk about it. No Man's Sky. But you, you played it, and I really liked your video because it's not the sort of game that I would have imagined you enjoying or whatever else, a light puzzle, you know, particularly an easier sort of puzzle. But you made some nice... I mean, you made some funny comments as well, but you made some nice comments about the puzzling being, you know, not enough that you, you didn't have to think, but just enough that you sort of did need to think. Did you, I don't know if you've platinumed that game yet, but did you enjoy the overall experience or, or not? Well, yeah, I platinumed the game. That's the point of the video. Oh, well, the, it was only a 30-minute video. You, you must have skills if you well, ran in that time. <laughs> no, it took me five hours, but yeah. <laughs> it's an edit. Yeah. ah see i haven't i don't bother with edits or scripts now that actually that leads us to another question do you script your content your roasts or is it all off the cuff my roast no Hmm. that that's all completely free freestyle yeah i have a lot of respect for that the fact that you clarified the roast makes me want to ask now do you script other content you do uh i would say it's 50 50 yeah yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because reaching out to you, like, you know, and, and full disclosure listeners, I don't know Carlos at all. So, you know, I'm just a random nobody to him that reached out and it's very generous of him to give me some of his time. But when, when we do this show and, you know, not to not to sell it because basically that's what happens every week is I just reach out to people. But there are majority, Carlos, of people, they want a run sheet. They want to know what's going to happen. They want the, the full thing. But for you, it was just like, yeah, fuck it. I'll be here when I'm here and we'll do it. And I really respect that because I think that does take some skill not to script and just to talk naturally. But I find, because this is how I operate, I find it very freeing. Do you, do you like that or do you find it a bit terrifying? Uh, well, I mean, I've been, you know, doing YouTube and live streaming for like seven years now. So for me, just talking about absolutely nothing for hours on end, just it's like a switch for me. 
you just flip it on and off. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. I, I want to ask here. I don't think it's appropriate question, but you know, you can you can choose not to answer it if you so wish. I made a joke at the start that you know you hate trophy hunters almost as much as you hate yourself. Obviously, that's a it's a play on words, but I think it's some there's some validity to that question because I see some of the stuff you say. The trophy community, and I want to tread carefully here because it's potentially a negative topic. It has changed, as we said, to you know inflating your your numbers or whatever else have you do you think moved away from trophy hunters and trophy hunting community even though you create content and everything else and perhaps you don't wish to answer this do you feel less and less associated with the community these days i'm definitely not uh part of the community anymore in my opinion at least for me Mm. uh like Mm. i trophy hunt I make trophy content that's for people in the trophy community, but I also try to gear my content towards people who don't trophy hunt. But for me, you know, over the years, just, you know, trophies kind of became the, the main event instead of the uh, thing you get in the games you play. So people are playing games for trophies now, Mm. and it's really never the discussion about the games with the trophies. It's always a discussion about, here's the game, let's talk about how easy these trophies are. And that that has kind of pushed me away in terms of, I don't want to associate with these people anymore. Because I enjoy playing games. Games are incredibly important to me on a day-to-day basis. Before trophies existed, I was a completionist. Because I couldn't afford to get more than two to three games at a time. So I was forced to play that game for all it was worth. Trophies are a representation of that for me. Which is why sometimes I go even past trophies in terms of playing certain games. So in terms of gearing my content around trophies, it's just more so here's a talking point. Here's a point you can relate to in terms of what I'm doing when I'm playing a game, but don't get it twisted that all I care about is trophies. Yeah, that, I mean, that that's quite a serious answer. I, I think, you know, there's a lot of truth in that. I wonder, see, it's interesting for me because, you know, I'm a massive trophy whore, I suppose. But when we when I started this podcast, it was literally to meet people and to talk trophies. But I realized very early on that I, while I love trophies, you know, and I, I have way too many, easy ones, of course, Carlos, no skill required. Uh, while I have way too many of them, I don't really like talking about them because they're not that interesting. I mean, the game itself is always far more interesting. And, and you know, what I found is that, you know, talking to you today, it's, it's coming across clearly, but, you know, playing games like Final Fantasy fourteen, the, the massive MMO, where the trophies stopped 300 hours ago, maybe 500 hours ago, I don't know. But, it, you know, it doesn't matter. And that, that's, a, that's another world within a world. And 
I think I'm outside of the community, partly because of my nature, I think as well, but also because I don't find, and I know there are people that play these games and stuff, but I find they're, they're so quiet now within the community. It's almost like they've been shut up or they've choose to move to other communities, you know, and there are, these people are still around and, you know, to reach and talk to, of course, but they, they have, I think, reached the same position that perhaps you, you have reached and, and myself, you know, some time ago, perhaps, that that you know it's a wonderful side thing on the game but if that is all that you're playing for it, it's just boring yeah it, it just really is there, there's so many youtubers in the trophy community and i don't mean this as an offensive thing or, or whatever mm. but they only make content on the easy stuff mm. Mm. i want to be that person who uploads a video of me getting the platinum in a 10 out of 10, 200 hour game because I wanted to. Hmm. And, that, and that's what I feel is missing. Like there, there's not enough of that competition in a, in a skill sense anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And I think, I mean, I think, you know, just to further that point, I mean, there's a saturation of, you know, guides. That's what's been created on YouTube of easy games and, and walkthroughs and things like this nature. And I've been thinking about it for some time. And of course, these these people are very big, whether it be on the Xbox side, well, relatively very big on the Xbox side or the PlayStation side. But there are there are very few console gamers that are just, you know, and, and I know on Twitch they, they're doing it, so not Twitch so much, but YouTube or just putting out videos of just gameplay and gameplay talk without, as you say, this reference to trophies within the community. I mean, there's a ton of them outside, you know, and it makes sense for you to do this because the market is much bigger, you know, and for some time I've been wondering with developers, you know, how they see this because their game is being bastardized really by these guide writers, uh, you know, and again, they're just there to make money, you know, they're there to sell their product or whatever, but it, it raises a really interesting question across all these things. And I think, you know, listeners, as you, you know, this is a trophy podcast of sorts, but, you know, whatever you think, the trophy hunters are far in the minority of game buyers, aren't they, Carlos? I mean, the majority of people in this ecosystem of bang, buying games, consoles, they're not here for achievements. Oh, yeah, the, the, definitely not. You, you can see the numbers on uh, PSM profiles. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Now, look, that was all quite serious. So, you know, I don't want to drag you down any further down that uh, rabbit hole. What I would like to ask, though, is you do play, you know, you play a lot of games. You, you play a lot of series. What are some of the series that you've really enjoyed that you could recommend to somebody to start at and they'd enjoy probably, you know, or, or it's worth playing the whole way through? Uh, Terminator. <laughs> the Terminator series? <laughs> yeah, you got Terminator Salvation on the PS3 and you yeah. got Terminator Resistance on the PS4. Some of the best games I've ever played. Yeah, well, look, look, I, I don't know if you're being serious there. I hope you are, but the Terminator Resistance wasn't too bad. Yeah, look, I look, I agree. Obviously, you'll you'll sell the you'll sell the Gran Turismo as well. Are you? Uh, I, I like. I, I look at your list here: Ghost of Tsushima, four trophies, uh, fifty-two. Are you a massive exclusives player? Well, I don't know why you got to call me out for not playing Ghost of Tsushima yet. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> I look, look, I'm not calling you out. The reason I bring that game up, Carlos, you, you wouldn't know, but I, I platinum this game last month and I am an aging gentleman. Now, I button spanned the triangle for the 60 hours it took. Now, I have got severe RSI still two weeks later in my thumb from doing that. So I'm not calling you out at all, sir. If anything, that game should come with a public health warning. Don't spam the triangle. But, <laughs> but I'm, sure, I'm sure you'll get to it at some point. Uh. 
It's so tempting for me to rip into a roast of your profile here, but I'm not going to do that because that's not what this is. Uh... There, there's plenty to roast. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> there is. Well, you know, if you if you ever if you ever want one, you know, I could arrange it. It could be a little bit more cutting than than uh, than you expect, though. So we'll move that on. Oh, you've done Wreckfest as well. That's good. That's, yeah. That was a very fun game. Yeah, it was. It was. It was to Destiny too. Well, that can be forgiven, I suppose. You know. Uh, in there as well <laughs> but yeah that's good oh you did need for speed heat as well i did all the need for speed games yeah that's good that's good well look it's been wonderful today to get a bit of an insight into the man the myth and the experience that is carlos of course carlos if our listeners were trying to find you this is the part where you spruik yourself uh how can they do so uh well, you go to youtube.com uh, and you, you the the search bar yeah i think you can find it yeah <laughs> and you type in you type in carlo has has regional dialect on in terms of how you pronounce it <laughs> and there you go yeah uh, look, you know, it's it, it's it's so wonderful, uh, listeners, because if you were with us last week, obviously, Reddy, he's a, from Queensland, he's a wonderful guest, someone I greatly enjoy talking to. He's a, a stream of consciousness sort of dude. And today it's been wonderful to talk to Carlos, where every word is a, is a uh, is an experience. It, re- it really is. Uh, it's wonderful. And uh, you're a deep thinker, I can tell. Perhaps, perhaps you know, you're, you're still in discovery of your, your your greater purpose, which I love. I think we all are in this in this world but i like the direction your your channel is moving in is because it, it is a bit of a new direction isn't it i think it's fair to say uh yeah that's cool that's cool and it's positive and we've got to we've got to love that so as i said you know thank you so much for carving out some time to me i've been very interested in in the man behind the voice on youtube and it it was great to learn a little bit about you and and share with our listeners so thank you very much Well, there you go, listeners. It's always nice to put a person behind the voice. And I think that's what we did today. We got to know a little bit about Carlos. He's been a very requested guest right from the beginning of Push to Plat. So if you are holding out to hear from him on the podcast, I'm glad that we could deliver. Of course, if you're not familiar with his work and look, you know, there's a little bit of black humor in there, a little bit of a little bit of tongue in cheek, but you know, a little bit of truth as well as I think we heard today, then of course you can check him out on YouTube and Twitch. All his information is in the show notes. Look, we're not quite done yet. On the other side of this break, I'll come back and drop in a little bit what I've been playing in the last week or so, and then we'll get to this wall of platinum shoutouts that we have. You have all been very busy. Catch you soon.
Well, listeners, let's just jump straight in with what I've been playing or touching. Or, well, look, <laughs> maybe touching is the relevant word, but look, most of these I have spent more than five minutes with. Having said that, I'm going to start us off today with Marvel's Avengers. Now, I don't want to dwell on this game because I'm only about halfway through the campaign. Now, I hear from everybody, everybody and their dog, about how glitchy this game is, and I believe that's mainly in the multiplayer. But so far in the single player, I've been having a lot of fun actually it's a it's a much bigger experience than i thought now is this game worth buying for just the single player well if you're me it probably is but then you know i play call of duty just for the single player as well so you know buy it be warned there but it's a way bigger experience than i thought i think around 12 to 13 hours i really enjoying so far how they're layering in the gear mechanics as well so it's reminiscent for me of division and division 2 i'm sure it would be reminiscent if you played the borderlands series you'd be used to this sort of loot up gear up you know, shooter i suppose elements but they they do it in such a way that you, you do play a fair bit of the story before you run into your first gear vendors and then your faction vendors and stuff like that. So it sort of, it eases you into it. I had no idea the story was going to be so cutscene heavy and so fleshed out, which is wonderful. And look, I'm not an Avengers fan in particular, but I mean, I'm enjoying the ride so far. I like the combat as well. I think there's a, there's a little bit of an element of skill in it as well. It's far less button mashy, say, than maybe the, the Ghost of Tsushima that I played recently well at least at least the way that i'm playing it so there's definite depth there i mean if there's going to be depth there for hundreds of hours i don't know but you know i don't i don't play these sort of games like that having said that from what i've seen so far it does look like they've built a very firm base to develop into the future which i'm sure is the plan and yes there's microtransactions in there you know at the moment and i'm sure they'll flesh that out as time goes on but you know it's it's a lot better than i was expecting and i'm sure if you're a fan of this series you're you're finding you know a lot of enjoyment you know i'm sure you could talk to it better than than i could so why don't i start us off with a little bit of xbox love today the poor neglected xbox and i'm going to start with an fmv look i love fmvs we've talked them to death on this show in the past we have so many good ones available on the playstation but it only really touches the surface on what is available on steam uh, and this one i'd never actually heard of it is she sees red now it is available on steam or on the xbox one it is not part of game pass so you do have to buy it it's around 50 Australian so I'm assuming around 10 or 11 US now before we start I will preface that this is a you know like all these FMVs it's a bit of a b-grade title it's got some cheesy elements in it but you know if you love this genre you love the cheesiness and you're gonna love the cheesiness in this now it is a Russian production so I would, you know, again, you know, subtitles, oh, I don't want to read, fuck it, CJ, I don't want to read. Well, you know, if you don't want to read, you're going to have to deal with some funny lip syncing issues because it has been, you know, localized the voice, but, you know, it doesn't match up with the lips particularly well. But if you're happy to read, and you, and you do have to play it through four times, so you might, you might even experiment with it here, putting it in the native Russian, it really adds to it because it is this sort of a gangstery type story in a nightclub. I'm not going to go too far into it, but it does have some wonderful twists. 
It takes about 40 minutes to play. If you've played the complex, you'll, you'll understand how the, the multiple playthroughs work. You do have to complete two full playthroughs of this game. Now, there's a branching path decision early on, which sort of sets up the four endings and, you you know, the first and second off on one and the third and fourth on the other. Now, it only takes 40 minutes to play the whole way. Once you've played two times, you can scene skip, so it becomes very, very much quicker. There, there is a funny thing where it seems to stall a little bit, so you need to just play a little bit into the scene before you can skip it. But when you consider it's 40 minutes with only really two major divergences and four ending paths, there, there is a quite a lot of contrast by the time you get to the end. Now, yes, you know, the scenes may or whatever be set in a similar position, but the, the way the story arcs at the end, it's quite good. And it almost feels like it needs to be a bigger project, but at the same time, it, it's a nice project for the size that it is. And I think coming in at 40 minutes, you actually are generally interested in the endings. And Using the skip doesn't seem to affect it either, maybe as it did in the complex where you could in effect skip and you, and you wouldn't even feel the endings or understand what was going on after the, that second playthrough. So, look, if you've got an Xbox or a PC, you know, and you, you want some achievements because, it, look, it is a very easy 1000G, I, I recommend this one. But as I said, going forewarned that it was, it was filmed in with Russian cast and originally in Russian. So next up, look, this one is available on the Xbox as well. I just realized that. In fact, on the Xbox Game Pass, but it is also on the PS4, although it's a pricey one on the PS4. And I preface that, you know, it, it might be worth waiting or just picking this up on the Xbox via the Game Pass for free. And it is the new Super Lucky Tales by Playful. This is a really charming game. Now, look, it's not highly polished, but it's not a B-grade title either. It sits... It sits really nicely in the middle. Now, does it sit nicely in the middle for basically a full price game? Well, you know, that that could be a stretch, I think, for you. But having said that, you're going to get about 13 hours out of this game. And the way the game works is there is replayability because there are collectibles and things that you need to do within the levels, which you can replay at any time. And they're also fun, some of them, to replay. They're all sort of short, you know, so it's a nice experience. The final world is also more of a set of mini games. So you, you're going to get, you know, substantial replayability there if you like the mini games. It's almost in a way like a carnival type of situation. So what I really liked about this game, not being a massive platformer fan, is that, yes, the platforming is very easy. It's like Kitty's first platforming. There is a few spikes towards the end, but overall, it's pretty pretty straightforward. But it has variety within the level design. Sometimes they have puzzles. Some of the levels are actually auto runners. In fact, I thought maybe that was the strongest part of the game. And unfortunately, they only seem to touch on the the auto running maybe once per world. I don't know if you, if once you've played it, listeners, you can let me know what you think. But I thought, you know, it, it just, I thought that could have been a really cool element, maybe pumped up the music a little bit and, and gone with that more. But having said that, you know, they, they've done a good job. Each of the worlds has different mechanics within it as well that are sort of layered as you go. So it doesn't it doesn't get stale over the 12 hours or so that it will take you to play. Now, admittedly, if you're just trying to move from world to world, you don't need to 100% every world. So it's probably only going to be about six or seven hours. But if you are going for the 1000G or the Platinum, it is going to take longer. Now, one thing to consider before you start this game is that the, the hardest trophy or perhaps the hardest two trophies aren't until the very final world and one of them here is a bit luck based it can also be very frustrating and this is the the new champ trophy or achievement in the wriggle mania game where you have to survive the four rounds without getting hit 
Now you're like, yeah, I can do that. How, how hard can it be? But the AI movement is a little bit random, not completely random, but a little bit random. And it can be a little bit cheap sometimes where you get hit, where just things are just breaking, breaking the hell loose. So if that concerns you, it might even be worth, it's not a spoiler, just watching a video for that. Or, you know, if, if you're thinking, well, shit, you know, that, that trophy or achievement can go off, then then maybe don't even worry about, you know, the completion all the way through. Just enjoy the, the platforming and move on. But look, I think it's it's worth a look. Whether, as I said, it's worth a look at a full price will really be a decision you have to make. But if you've got the X, it's on Game Pass. So it's really, it's really no decision at all. Now, there have been a ton of racing games dropping at the moment. We've already touched on Project Cars 3. I touched on the new Tony Stewart All-American Racing in a YouTube video recently. So... Today, I thought I'd give WRC 9 a little bit of love. This is developed by KT Racing. Now, if you're familiar with this series, you'll be familiar with the massive grind of just the distance requirements and the achievements or accomplishments, in-game accomplishments you need to, to achieve, in effect, to, to unlock the trophy or, or achievement. That's a lot of the use of the word achievement, isn't it? That's impressive, even, even for me. The X is calling, listeners. I can feel it. But anyway, where are we? WRC9. So that achievement trophy is gone and the distances have really been nerfed. So it is much more manageable. Now, like all racing games, of course, it has launched with a a glitched trophy or a broken trophy. In this this version, it is the difficulty trophy, the authentic difficulty, winning uh, a rally on authentic difficulty. Now, if you played WRC8, you'll know there was a cheese method because that can be a very tough trophy where you could play someone online in the authentic difficulty, win that rally between the two of you, then switch back to single player, play on easy, complete a rally, and the trophy would pop. It's, it's a wonderful cheese method, isn't it, listeners? It goes perfectly with our talk with Carlos today about how you can just circumnavigate the point of the game. But, you know, look, it's a hard trophy. Unfortunately, that method doesn't work. Well, it doesn't work now. In fact, no method works now. So go in forewarn. But again, you know, I'm sure, you know, you're, if you're playing this game, you'd love to get the plat or whatever, but it is so much more than the Platinum. Straight off the bat, what's amazing about this game is it now has co-op feature where you can have a second player as your spotter in the beside the driver calling, which is a, it's a really cool addition. And you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. That's boring. But but it's sort of fun. And it's particularly fun in local co-op, particularly if you're having a bit of an argument as you're driving because your co-passenger is not happy with the way it's going. So they can really fuck you by putting in the wrong directions and calls and things, which is, you know, I'm sure not the point of it, but it's it's highly amusing as well. But, you know, back to the single player where most of the action is every year this game looks better. It it does look really good, this iteration. It's very smooth. They've incorporated the sim elements nicely. It's definitely not an arcade racer. I still don't think it's ultra sim, but it's, you know, sitting nicely in the middle on the, the simulator side. It's not too complicated in the overall hub, I suppose you'd call it. It's really well divided between your mechanic sections, your skill point sections, you know, your your events and calendars, massive calendar. And there's a good variety of at least five to 10 events as you, you move through that you can actually put on each day around the, you know, the uh, localized rallies or whatever that that occur in the game. So, you know, again, if, you, if you're not into these games, I can't sell you on it. But if you are, it, it's a good option, I think, to come back in. I know that the, the argument is that 6, 7, and 8, it's the same game every year. But this game feels much tighter than, than 7 in particular to me and 8. So, so this could be the time to jump back in. But as I said, go in forewarned knowing about that trophy. 
let's stick with the sports games and PGA Tour 2K21. The more I play this game, the more I enjoy it. It's a really beautiful game. It's streamlined. It just It's exactly what you want to do. If you want to play on the tour, you can play straight on it. It's all, you know, all the events are there. It's proper named golfers here, licensed golfers. It's not just random names or whatever. Proper good stat tracking throughout the game. Yes, it can be very easy if you want to put it on easy, but it can be brutally difficult on legend as well. Difficulty. There's a wonderful array of sort of mini games within the game to keep you interested. Things like, you know, hitting the fairway on a particular hole in so many strokes, avoiding hazards. And these will reward XP as you go. Now, the XP can be used to unlock basically cosmetics, different clothes or different club brands or sets. You can buy these with the, you know, there, there was, if you pre-ordered a currency that came through, so I suppose in effect a microtransaction, but it's not necessary because every round you complete, you're earning more of this currency anyway. There's also a fun sponsor mode. If you remember back to the old days of the PGA Tour, even pre-Tiger Woods and through Tiger Woods, there were always these mini challenges with sponsors as well. And that's come back now. And look, they start off easy. I mean, there's a ton of sponsors you can choose, but if you stick with one, and you, you will need to for the trophy or achievement, they do progressively get harder, which is it's a nice challenge on top, even if you're you know playing the game on easy or whatever else. As far as difficulty trophies, there's really only one, I suppose, or one one hardcore trophy there, which is to complete a round on an official course in Legend. But, you know, like all great things, there is a wonderful cheese method. You can double it up, we found out, with the scramble method. Now, this is not, not from me. We'll give credit to whoever figured this out. I'm not sure. It was only relayed to me. But... Uh, so basically, you put your golfer on the the legend difficulty, and you put the you know the second controller, or you know you can play it on the same controller if you wish, uh, on scramble. Now you will have to play with th- three other golfers, so in effect, there's four in your party, which you're controlling all four. It's only you on the legend difficulty, and because it's you know you can pick the best shot in the partner in the duo, you're always probably going to be picking your partner, and it makes it incredibly easy to get. You're going to finish six, seven under, or something which would be very difficult to do on Legend as it is, as I said, very unforgiving. The only other maybe challenging trophy is to sink five putts on the practice screen without a mulligan or a drop shot. And I mean, this is a pretty crazy practice screen. Like you have some massive putts there that you'd probably never have in real life. So again, there is a putt tracker that you can use on beginner mode and you just keep moving it around till you see the path exactly into the hole. And of course, it does seem to be randomized. So you can get five easier than harder holes. The rest is just playing through the career, which you're naturally going to do. Playing rivals, which is another mini game, achieving certain things that your rival doesn't within a tournament. That'll take you, I understand, about a full season and a half. There's about 33 events in a season. Again, you can decide how long the game will be by setting to one or four rounds. You can also skip the sort of TV-esque segments they put in it if they want in the menus, which would speed it up. After a while, that is probably you know, an optimal strategy because it you know gets a little, little much. The commentary is lovely though. So, you know, it's, it's refreshing to see we finally have a decent golf game on consoles. It's very, very exciting. So, listeners, I think that's about all I'm going to dump on you this week. I- I'm really tempted to dump on this Doraemon uh, story of seasons. So maybe I'll just give you a little taster of this game because, look, that's really all I've had. It's an RPG simulator VN farmer. It's highly anime in its character and Japanese, obviously, but it's really, really beautiful. 
If you ever played the Farm Together game, it's similar farming elements, perhaps not quite as fleshed out and developed, but then this game has a lot more sort of like mini side quests, I suppose, with all the different characters, uh, you know, and also much more emphasis on actually selling the the things. I know you did that in Farm Together, but there's a more of a focus on this uh, in this game. So I suppose it gets a little businessy sim as well. But look, it's pretty easy overall. It's I'm not going to I'm going to I'm going to take a stab at a 15 to 20 hour plat. Yeah, it's a little pricey on the store but it's highly polished it looks really really beautiful obviously if you if you just want a farming sim game this is not for you because there is a lot of dialogue i think there was almost two hours worth of dialogue you know at the start and you know a lot of it's reading as well and then another good 20 minutes of explaining just the opening mechanics of the game so you know they're not in a rush which is is sort of cute. Of course, if you're familiar with Doraemon, the, the property, you know, the, the character, then you're going to love this even more. But it's not a requirement. I'm not. And I'm, I'm having a wonderful, a wonderful time with it. Let's put our living stereo stylus in this groove. So, listeners, that brings us to the all-important push-to-plat shout-outs. Of course, if you want a shout-out, you know, and you've made it this far through the episode, you deserve a shout-out. If you want a shout-out, you can post it on the, the free-to-join community on the PS4, the Push to Plat Platinum Club, or you can jump in the Discord and drop it in the appropriate thread there, like these wonderful hunters have done. And look, don't don't let it hold you back, you know. If you're, if you're also an Xbox gamer or, or you know, a PC gamer, my goodness, and you want to drop in, you know, a 1,000G completion or whatever you call it on Steam, who, who can possibly know? Feel free to drop it in there and we'll give you a, a shout out as well. So we're going to start today with I'm Styling on Your Bro, number 224, Manual Samuel. Beautiful indie game where you need to manually control Samuel's hands, legs, feet, eyes, and breathing. Holy feces, it tests your memory at times on your last input. Really creates the feel the story line portrays. Hilarious narrator in the game as well. Just a preface, listeners, if you haven't played this, I think it's one of these games with bullshit controls that's supposed to be fun. You know, this dude, he likes these sort of games like I Am Bread, you know, the Surgeon Simulator. But if you don't like the idea of, you know, if you don't find it amusing when the controls are wonkitated, you may not enjoy this game. But it's wonderful to hear that he is. And then he has a milestone here, number 225. I Am Bread. Oh, there you go. I Am Bread. You butter believe it. The difficulty of this game nearly crushed me with a unbreakable determination. No way was I going to crack up under the pressure. I knew I'd get the plat for Rye Train. <laughs> the progression of winning all the bagel races and becoming Formula Bun champion or completing zero gravity levels and taking one giant leap for mankind was so enjoyable. It was easy to see I was begetting better. Here's a toast to this brilliant milestone. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, well, there you go. And look, that is a very tough game if you don't know it. So that's a, that's a huge props to you. You know, I'm sure that's an ultra rare. Probably a 0. something ultra rare. So congratulations, sir. Next up, Mr. Tam, number 94, Deponia. What a fun little point and click game. It tells an interesting story and I'll definitely check out the others in the series. Well, there you go. Congratulations, sir. And now he's also posted here another one. So we'll, we'll read this too. It's not a platinum, but it's a milestone nonetheless. My profile became lit today with 1,337 profile views. 
stupid number. What does it even mean? What does it mean? CJ is more of an expert than I, but I think that means the orgasmic factor has doubled. Well, look, as I pointed out to you, sir, rating the orgasmic rating at the moment is challenging. It's very challenging because Sly is still to put it on the profile, but, you know, we, we keep pushing and it will it will get there. Of course, it is just more than, the, more than the profile views. We also need to take into account your bronze trophy, your country position, the unearned trophies, and the third last game that you played. If you can put all that together, you'll have a good idea of when you're ready to shoot. Congratulations, though, sir. Boston 10, George. Number 181, Star Ocean 2, Vita. At what point do they call me to be a beta tester for Star Ocean 6? <laughs> Maybe even a consultant for its development. I'm sure Square Enix would call any day now. I mean, it's got to be some sort of achievement, doesn't it, to have played all these games? Look, I, d I don't know what sort of achievement, but it's got to be some sort of achievement. Because it's like, it's like 20 million hours of your life you spend in these games. And this one's on Vita, and I'm pretty sure this was only in Japanese, too. Well, it may not be, but I know he's doing one in Japanese, maybe. But that's still to come. Or I think it was this one. So, you know, it's, it's a massive achievement, isn't it? I just don't know what the achievement is, but congratulations, sir. Oh, he's got more here. Number number 182, Active Neurons 2. Early copy I won from a push-to-plat giveaway. Oh, that's us. Oh, uh, On Twitter. Oh, congratulations, sir. Very fun and challenging puzzler. Visually fantastic, and the music is awesome, too. Doesn't count as spam since I did it without a guide. Well, technically... Look, technically, I think it's going to come in at the 80 percentile range, so you, you may escape the 90% spam on that. It is it is nice if you want to, you know, we'll give a little props here to, to sometimes you and the developer. If you if you do want to see any of that game, it's only going to cost $4.99 or something, I believe, releases on the 16th, which will be later this week, uh, on the PS4 Switch uh, and Xbox. I believe it may already be on Steam on the PC. It's a wonderful little game. It is, it is challenging, for sure. Has around 120 levels, probably around a two-hour plat with a guide, but it is going to take you longer. And it's the sort of game that you might be better off playing without a guide. I mean, it does have an inbuilt solutions into the game anyway. So I don't know why you'd need the guide, but, you know, it's worth having a go yourself first. Onyx, number 886, The Order, 1886. Oh, that's a tongue twister. Another underrated PS4 title, well worth the $4.99 I spent on it. I mean, that, that's a topic for another time, but can you buy anything that's garbage for $4.99? I mean, even if you got, like, an hour's enjoyment out of it, it's got to be worth it for that price. I mean, what could you get for $4.99 outside of Thailand these days? I mean, what? Come on. But anyway, it's good to, it's good to see that you liked it, sir. And it is. Like, it's been so long ago since I played that launch PS4 game, and I know everybody and their dog, cat, sister, crapped on it. But, you know, I, I had fond memories of it. Look, I don't, I don't know. It was, it was very short too. Maybe, maybe that was their problem. Vigilant Crow, number thirty-three, Call of Duty World War Two, and one hundred percent. Oh, and that's right. Now he hundred percent of this game too. It's a 025 percent rarity, which you know, it's, it's just, it's mind blowing, isn't it? The games, you know, are that rare these days. It's just, it's obviously, it's obviously a massive, a massive game, a massive grind, you know. And I, and I hope you enjoyed it, sir. It's a, it's a one to add to the the cabinet, I'm sure. Congratulations, Renichi, number 165, Battlefield 3 plus DLC, 100%. 
and number 166 Battlefield 4 DLC 100%. Now, I don't know if you've done five yet, sir, but I hope you are because as you would have gathered by today, it's all about series. Series are important and you're so close to the end of this series that you should you should do five if you haven't. And I look forward to reading that in the next week or two, if, if you haven't. MZ, number, this just warms my heart. Another Trophy Hunter Corrupted. Number, and it's corrupted early as well, which is wonderful. Usually you corrupt them around the three to 400 plats, a bit like what happened to Joe perhaps, but but it's wonderful to see that MC has been corrupted from the very beginning here, which is just bodes well for what's coming, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does, it really does. Uh, number 13, just a phrase by Paugi. Number 14, word wheel by Paugi. Number 15, crossovers by Paugi. Number 16, crypto by Paugi. It's it's amusing because we actually have no connection with Palky Games at all. In fact, I think they ignored me a couple of times. I may have made one too many jokes at their expense, but it's it's wonderful to see that you've you've done four in a row. So we're giving you a massive hug, Palky, because your games are fun. They're fun. And number seventeen, Word Sudoku, as well. Well, I, is that not by Palky? Maybe, maybe it is. Who, who knows? Who knows? My only gripe. I wonder. This is. It's. I know it's difficult because it's a rhetorical question because it's only me here, but. But I'm going to ask you this, listeners. Do you like with these games how when you, you know, you've got to do like 30 of the 120 or whatever to, to complete the game, but they're all on different pages, which is, is fine. You know, you cycle through. But, but say you're doing the, the 38th puzzle on the second page and then you need to do the 42nd puzzle. When you go back to the menu, every time it goes back to the first page. So if you're on like page eight, you've got to cycle through all eight pages again. Look, it's probably just me, but it's really annoying. Can you just fix that somehow? I don't know. I don't know how they do it, but just fix it. And see, you can see why we're not on their beloved list. Uh, Zuche, number 47. It, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. It's just a masterpiece, this game. It's just, there's nothing I can say about it. That's it. Congratulations. James Hamblin, number 305, and also his 10,000th trophy. There's a lot of milestones this week. A lot of milestones. PGA Tour 2K21, oh, which we talked about today. Congratulations, sir. Mega thanks to CJ for joining me to do the online trophy. Not at all, sir. Not at all. And look, I'll have you know, I was winning that match comfortably. And then I don't know what happened, but you, you absolutely smashed me in the, the last sort of six holes. So congratulations. That was it was disappointing for me, for sure. Uh, and our final one today, EDJ3DG, number 56. It's massive. It's a beast. It is the Ghosts of Toshima. I can now join everyone and their mothers on having this platinum. <laughs> so true, isn't it? <laughs> so true. Anyway, look, <laughs> we'll look forward to the next PlayStation exclusive for you there, sir. Why not? Why not? Yeah, but, but you look, you know, just decided a wonderful, a wonderful game. So, as always, listeners, thank you so much if you made it this far. I hope you're having a, I hope you're having an enjoyable day or evening, and I hope you have a, a wonderful week as it is yet to unfold. The gaming is good. The gaming is fun. Let's make sure we can have a few laughs this week and smile. Happy hunting. I'll see you soon. Push to Plat podcasts are conceived, written and edited by CJ Anderson in Adobe Audition. YouTube upload handled by Repurpose.io. Music licensing by Artist.io. Push to Plat would like to thank all our Patreon supporters with special mention to our Patreon producers, Zadol VP, Redbeard Rick, T-Bird, Ready to eBay and MZ Nitro. Without your support, this show would cease to exist. If you would like to say hi, jump into the Discord in the show notes or on Twitter at Push to Black. 
If you're interested in supporting the show, then jump on Patreon, the Push to Plat Patreon, where you can find more information on how to support us and to allow us to continue to bring wonderful guests and topics from around the world.